Buckle up and get ready, because your weekly news wrap awaits. It's time for Rush Hour with Amukta and Nicole. Hello, and welcome back to the first episode of the 2024 season. Of Rush Hour. Oh, of Rush Hour! <laughs> I'm Nicole. And I'm Amukta. Sorry for... I'm I'm used to... I'm I'm not used to this anymore now that we've had a few weeks off. Yeah, but. It's, it's been a little while. Um, but we're back strong. This is our last full year of Rush Hour. So. Stop. Wait, that's so sad. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that. I know. Um, well... Yeah, we're just going to go ahead and get started. We have a lot of news for you today, and my first news story is pretty long. Um, it's because it has to do with the um, war between Israel and Hamas, and there's just a lot of info on that, so I try to shorten it as much as I can. But the big story is that one of the top Hamas officials... Um, whose name I do not know how to pronounce. Do you know how to pronounce that? Uh, Saleh al Aruri. Aru Aruri. I mean, it's probably not like the exact pronunciation, but something, yeah, of that sort. Um, he, along with two other commanders from Hamas's armed wing, um, the Qassam Brigades, were killed in Beirut, Lebanon, on Tuesday. So the death happened in an explosion in a Beirut suburb, and this is interesting because while other parts of Lebanon have been part of the conflict for a while, Beirut has not been targeted until now. And um, as a top official, um, this this official played a key role in Hamas's relationship with his with its regional allies, such as Iran. And he also increased Hamas's military capabilities um, and founded the group's armed wing. So he was elected Hamas's deputy politi- political head and the leader of its West Bank operations. And if you don't know about West Bank, um, that is, they had many attacks there um, on Israelis by Hamas, including the kidnapping and murder of three Israeli teenagers in 2014 which um, he called a, quote, heroic operation. So he spent much of his time in Beirut, where he served as a sort of like a liaison between Hamas and their Ali Hezbollah, which is the powerful Lebanese militant group, which is stationed in Beirut. Um, And while this death will definitely harm Hamas's operations um, in a kind of vulnerable time for them, the organization is known for bouncing back after leaders are killed, so we don't know exactly what the effects will be. And also because Hezbollah is centered in Beirut, like I said, they're most likely going to strike back against Israel, as they have warned them in the past if they attack Lebanon. There will be, um, I guess, consequences. Um, and Israel has not taken the responsibility for bombing Actually, but senior officials from Hamas, Lebanon, and the U.S. have attributed the attack on the leader to Israel. And there are predictions of many more assassinations of Hamas leaders in the coming years of this war and conflict. 
the fact that the United States was in that list of countries that attributed the bombing to Israel is really interesting because they've been they've been really pro-Israel so far. Yeah. So maybe that signifies change. I don't know. Um, the other thing is, I actually have a question: Is Hezbollah like the the government's militant? Group or is it like a separate militant group? I think I it's not connected to the government. I okay. believe. Okay. I think it's like a paramilitary organization. Okay. If I'm correct, um, because I know while Lebanon is pro Palestine, they're not trying to help Hamas. So. Help Hamas yeah. and yeah, get involved like this. So it's it's really sad how um a war between Israel and Hamas has turned into a war between Israel and Palestine. Like, it's, it's affecting so many more countries now, like Lebanon. And I've heard there were bombings in Syria as well. Yeah, so that's what a lot of a lot of news outlets have been saying, that this war is definitely expanding at this moment to many other countries in the Middle East. And um, it definitely seems to be amping up. Although... Israel, I think, is changing their tactics on um, on trying to kill, like, just Hamas members um, that are, like, hiding out in, in Gaza with, like, amongst Palestinians. Mm-hmm. And they're aiming more at the top leaders now is, yeah. like, a new tactic that they're doing, which is why so many more assassinations are predicted to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah... We'll have to see if that really... Because, like I said, Hamas is known for bouncing back after leaders die. So we'll see if that really works and helps them. Yeah. Um, Our next big news story, it's more of a national news story, but adding to the number of tragedies all over the world. Yesterday, there was... uh, Sorry, adding to the number of tragedies all over the country... Yesterday, there was a shooting at Perry High School in Iowa. It was the students' first day back from winter break um, when an armed 17-year-old fatally shot a sixth grader in the school and wounded four other students as well as an administrator. Um, Shortly after, the 17-year-old killed himself as well. Um, There's kind of a trend there. Um, But the shooting took place in the morning when not many students were at the school, so it was during a breakfast program, hence the sixth grader being in the high school at the time. Um, But the shooter was identified as Dylan Butler, and it's observed that he posted a lot on social media right before the shooting. Um, Perry's a small town in kind of a small, well, not small state, but um, Iowa isn't really the most populated state. So Perry's very small, and it only has 7,800 people. So it's really shaken the community there. Um, But... Yeah, uh, that's all I know so far, that his name is Dylan Butler. They didn't release his information for a long time, but now they have, um, and they're still trying to find a motive behind it. I was looking at this story as well, and I saw something that said that um, Dylan's friends and their mother said that they were a quiet kid who was bullied for years, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. I think there is a notion of, like, I don't know, but I there's a notion of, like, these school shooters having, like, mental problems or mm. mental health problems, and this may have, like, the bullying may have contributed to um, 
what happens. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I I actually didn't see that part of the story, but that's that's a pretty clear indicator. Yeah, just a reason to always be kind mm-hmm. to everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, those were some. I don't know how to describe those stories. Lots of death today. And we are back with another tragic story, and that is that a 7.6 magnitude earthquake hit the west coast of central Japan earlier this week, killing at least 91 and leading to a major tsunami warning. And this is the first warning since 2011 when a tsunami killed 20,000 people and triggered a nuclear disaster. I should say that the tsunami actually came a few minutes after the earthquake, and its height did not go above three feet in most areas in Japan, so I don't think it was as, um, I don't know, I don't actually know, because, like, that seems short to me, but I don't know how destructive that can be. I know that tons of towns and homes were destroyed, but I'm not sure how deadly a three-foot tsunami would be. Yeah, um... Me neither. I've never seen a tsunami before. <laughs> but I think the earthquake had a lot more of an effect yeah. than the tsunami did. Um, there's, like, videos everywhere of buildings shaking. I saw this one video of a subway where um, people were trapped on the subway, like, on the trains or subway things. Um, and everything else around them was shaking. And it was just really scary to see. Yeah, that is scary. Um, Our next piece of speed news, uh, back in the 1980s, the Voyager 2 mission had determined the colors of Uranus and Neptune to be light green and rich blue, which are like the stereotypical colors. So if you like see a cartoon or look up um, older images, um, they, you know, they associate with those colors and it's kind of just become like an association now. But in a new study, scientists have found that those colors are inaccurate. And now they've reprocessed images to show that Neptune is actually not a dark blue, but also uh, a lighter green, which is, and it looks a lot uh, like Uranus. Um, When I say it in words, it doesn't really make sense because uh, Neptune and Uranus, like the colors you think of, like they don't appear in your mind. But if you look up an image, then you'll know what I mean. Yeah, I was going to say that I always thought of Uranus as like a light blue color mm-hmm. but maybe yeah i guess i was wrong <laughs> that is interesting we have another space story coming up with the good news so stay tuned for that um my last speed news is that oscar okay i really am taking all the stories with names that i am definitely butchering <laughs> oscar pistorius the south african former olympic and paralympic runner will be released from prison today um, after serving half of his over 13-year sentence for the 2013 murder of his girlfriend, Riva Steenkamp, which I'm sorry I'm bringing so much death into this conversation today. This is, I don't know what happened. I did not plan this, but um, I just, this reminded me of the Well, it's definitely not similar to Gypsy Rose, but I was just thinking about Gypsy Rose when I picked this story because she got released a few years early from her prison sentence um, after she murdered her mother. But I guess those were definitely like different motives in these two stories. But 
Yeah, that's interesting. For murder, only half of like a near 13-year sentence? Yeah, I feel like murder... When I think about the justice system, when people are murdered, there's... It's not... Unless they're a serial killer, I feel like there's not as much consequence as you would have thought. Yeah, that's... That's really interesting. Even life sentences, what, they're only 25 years? I guess it yeah. might be different in South Africa, but in, in America, they're only... And, and so murderers, you'll hear that they got a life sentence, but they'll be out in, like, less than 30 years and be roaming around the, the world. Which, like, I don't know. I just find it a bit unsettling, but... Yeah, oh my gosh. Now, just thinking about it now, it's like... Like, how many... How many murderers do you think served a life sentence and are now like just walking around <laughs> well I that's that's, <laughs> that's a thought for today for everyone listening yeah. <laughs> okay i think we should be done with death now <laughs> so um a little more international um if you've been watching kim jong-un on the news lately uh you've likely seen his daughter kim Jue accompanying him um, but she started appearing a lot in late 2022, and the National Intelligence Service has now acknowledged her as Kim Jong-un's likely heir. And one more thing to point out, she's, I think, 10 years old right now. So it will be probably at least another 10 to 15 years-ish before she steps up, if if she's if she ends up being the one stepping up. But we don't see a lot of other Kim Jong-un family um on the news so this could be like a soft launch of her being an heir do we know if he has any other children he does he has an older son i think which is really oh yeah that is interesting that he chose the younger daughter over yeah um but we also don't know a lot about um the son so um, but Kim Jue is the only one that has appeared in the public. Um, actually, does he have? Okay, so apparently he has three unconfirmed children. Um, so a lot more than I thought. Yeah, his family does seem to be very secretive. I remember when his wife, or it was his girlfriend, first started appearing in public. It was like a big deal. Yeah. Oh, okay. So some of, some of the some of the children, um with another wife oh apparently it there's a lot of um i think there's a lot of speculation in this but yeah so it's just a prediction that she may be there but now she's only 10 years old so there's a lot of time to for that to change or yeah figure that out well that is interesting i always kim jong-un's father was the leader of North Korea before, right? Yes, he was. So, um, it's a... I mean, okay, it's probably like... It, it's definitely a monarchy, even if they don't try to advertise it that yeah. way. <laughs> no, so. yeah, no, I think it's interesting to see, like, how how these monarchies play out. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I don't know, I guess we know how the British royal family is going to play out with who's king next, but... Yeah. I still think it's interesting when there's a new king or queen. Um, well, that is interesting, and that is all our speed news. That was a kind of a long speed news segment. <laughs> um, but we have had 
some sad news today, so we're going to end with our good news. And like I said, I have one that is very much space-related, like Amuk does. Um, And that is that Japan is set to be the fifth nation to land on the moon this month. Um, The U.S., Russia, China, and most recently India have all done soft landings on the moon. Um, And the Japanese Aerospace Exploration Agency has a smart lander for investigating moon called SMIT, which went into lunar orbit on Christmas Day and is set to descend to the lunar surface on January 19th. And the goal of this mission is to research pinpoint landing technology that's i don't really understand this but if you do it's to research pinpoint landing technology that's necessary for future lunar probes and to verify this on the surface of the moon with small scale probes so basically in like non-sciencey terms this mission is to be able to um have humans land wherever they want on planets and not just the easiest location which has usually been done in the past and this could help bring us to other planets um that don't have as many resources as the moon you know this um more than travel to other planets this kind of makes me think that it's more for space tourism oh that's an idea if they can pinpoint like like you said more spot more um more spots on the moon, then, um, you know, someone like Elon Musk could start sending people over and that could become a thing sooner than I thought it would. Yeah, I, I think it's crazy thinking about space tourism in general and just, like, imagine going on a rocket and going to the moon just, like, for fun. Over over winter break. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long does it take? It takes like a week to get there, right? Yeah, it would take a while, but I don't know. With with all these new technologies, I mean, yeah, maybe it could go faster. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Um, But the next piece of speed news, it's not nearly as exciting as what Nicole just told us about, but it is it is something. Um, And this is good news for Slinky enjoyers, if you like <laughs> playing with Slinkies. But um, I'm probably going to butcher this name, but Wu Wu Chang, a Chinese performer who has been creating his own slinky tricks since 2009, went on the Italian TV show Le Show Day Record and showed off his new trick of surrounding 41 glass bottles with his slinky in one minute. And the way he does it is he surrounds it and he has to pull it back to his hand before he surrounds another one. Um, I haven't seen a video, so obviously I don't really... Understand it? Yet. Wait, sorry. Just to clarify, is this like the slinky is hollow, right? So he's like dropping the slinky onto the bottle to like cover the bottle. Yeah. Okay. S- something like that. You know, I think I definitely would need to watch a video to really understand it because it's like yeah, I can't picture it in my mind. Um, but this was so impressive that it's now a new category to be in the Guinness World Records. So if you're looking for a category to beat, all you have to do is get more than 41 um, glass bottles with a slinky in one minute. Okay, there are some world records like this that I just think if I tried, I could have so many world records. In Yeah. Okay, so I just searched up the world records, the easiest world records to beat, um 
And there's literally world records that are like fastest time to sort two bags of recyclable items. Most tosses of a pancake in one minute. Um, oh, I, I know a few people that could do most Pokemon identified in one minute. Like if you're a Pokemon geek, uh-huh. like you could definitely do that. Fastest time to arrange the alphabet. Like these, I don't know. Maybe it's just I have too much confidence in myself, but I feel like these would be easy to beat, no? Yeah. It's, over the last couple of years, some of these categories have been getting a little ridiculous, like more and more. They're so weird, too. <laughs> Most baked beans eaten with a cocktail stick in 60 seconds. Like, who so decided? Specific. Like, I could come up with a random record and just be the first one to do it, and then I would mm-hmm. have the record and be in the book. Like, most buttons pushed in one minute in a high school radio station. Oh, yeah. We could do that right now. Although, maybe <laughs> we might take the radio off the air, might mess up a few things. But, <laughs> yeah, like, that. those are the categories. Mm-hmm. They're so strange. And we could definitely, yeah, maybe, maybe sometime Rush Hour will go and try to break some world records. Ooh, that That'd be a be good like show. A, a fun, fun little episode. So, yeah. stay tuned for that. Don't. Don't leave us yet. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll do that sometime. We'll come up with some records to break on air. Um, but yeah, that is all of our news that we have today for our show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, twenty twenty four is going to be a good rush hour year. I can feel it. Um, and yeah, we will see you back next Friday. The same time, same place, here on 89 The Bridge. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rush Hour. If you missed it, you can always find this and all of our past Rush Hour episodes on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the music and conversation that spans generations on 89 The Bridge.